Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the all-new edition of uh, K-Axis Wrestling Network. Today, I will be discussing why the Attitude Era was overrated. You know, and um, I know a lot of people are not gonna like this one, but hey, I gotta, I gotta call it what it is. You know, um, <clears throat> and just as a reminder, um, this episode, I'll be using a little bit of explicit language for the first time. You know, um, since we're referring to a time in, in pro wrestling where it was more edgy and uh, a little more wild than it is today. Um, all right, so let's begin here. I think um, the Attitude Era. A lot of people say it started that night when uh, Bret Hart like just flipped out on TV and just you know started talking about this is bullshit. You know it. I know it. Everybody back there knows it. It's bullshit, and I don't give a damn who likes it. And you know he just started going crazy on TV, and a lot of people actually remember that. And you know I actually remember that. That's one of the standout moments in um, WWF history because. Um, yeah, Brett pretty much flipped out that night, and uh, Stone Cold called him out on the Titantron, and, you know, he's like, you're just a crybaby, Brett, and, you know, things like that, and then they just were going at it, and it was just, it got pretty nutty, like, um, to this day, honestly, I don't even know if that was scripted, you know, like, if, if anybody out there knows if that was scripted or not, let me know, because, you know, I know a lot about wrestling, I've been watching wrestling for, like, it's fair to say, like, over 30 years now, but... You know, at the same time, I'm not going to claim that I know it all, you know what I'm saying? Because there's actually a lot of things that I've forgotten over the years as well, because, you know, like pro wrestling is really complex. You know, there's a lot of things to have seen in a 30 year time frame. So it's like I can't remember everything. There's a lot of things I've forgotten, a lot of things I've actually haven't seen, you know, because like, you know, like, let's say, for example, ECW, ECW wasn't available in my area until like, was it the early 2000s or like maybe the late 90s some, somewhere in between like 99 and 2000 I think you know like ECW wasn't available in our area until that point in time but I'm not completely ignorant or you know just you know it's not like I don't know anything about ECW because at the time you know when ECW was hot it was in all the wrestling magazines and those did exist in our in our area you know they had wrestling magazines everywhere the PWIs and you know all the other spin-offs of that and you know and then on top of that they also had the wrestling almanacs and all that kind of stuff so it was pretty easy to keep up with who was doing what and what organization at, you know at the time and you know the hottest organizations of that time were ECW WCW then you had WWF you know they they were um they were the king for a while, but, you know, WCW actually started getting the upper hand on uh, WWF, you know, during that whole ratings war, and um, that was a pretty crucial time in wrestling. So, uh, back to the Attitude Era, um, you had, uh, let's, let's go down the line here, like, I have to actually look at a list here, because a lot of things happened during the Attitude Era, so um, let's start off with the, uh, the whole Austin 316 thing, that's when a lot of people say that the Attitude Era began, and... Um, you know, I wouldn't argue with that. You know, I, I would not debate that. Um, because, you know, that, it was that night after, uh, what, is, what was it, King of the Ring. It was King of the Ring. Um, it was Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Jake the Snake Roberts. And um, he pretty much demolished Jake the Snake in that match. And that was like the finals of the King of the Ring tournament. Yeah, that was back when WWF still did the King of the Ring tournament, which they no longer do. Um, it was back when King of the Ring was like a pay-per-view, too, um, because... I don't know why they stopped doing that over the years. It was actually a pretty cool concept. 
but um, above and beyond that, yeah, you had the whole Austin 316 thing where he made his speech at the end uh, with Michael Hayes interviewing him, you know, when he came to the throne, you know, when he was like, talk about your Psalms, talk about John 316, Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Yeah, that was, we all, who doesn't remember that promo, you know, that whole ordeal. But, um, yeah, that was one of the more exciting times in wrestling. Like, it was, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin. This was after he was breaking out of that whole uh, ringmaster persona, you know, which was awful. You know, Stone Cold hated it. But he also said, you know, it was a foot in the door, you know, into WWF at the time. And, you know, he wasn't going to turn it down. It's like, you know, he got a call from Vince McMahon and said Vince wants him to be the ringmaster. And, you know, he's going to take the ball and run with it, you know. And then one night when he was... uh. He was in a vehicle with his wife at the time, Deborah, you know, uh, who was also like a manager for Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart and, you know, some other people. Uh, she did some other things during the Attitude Era as well. But, yeah, that one night they were in that vehicle. Um, she said, uh, well, she, she said something to Stone Cold that night. It was something along the lines of, um, uh, you better drink that coffee before it gets stone cold. And then, like from that point on that's where the whole stone cold concept it came from like according to the story you know but uh yeah at the time uh, i was like a teenager back then you know when the whole stone cold thing was happening and like i jumped right on it man i was like man this dude is cool like he just comes out there and just does things that i've never seen a wrestler do before like he was going out there and just like you know, just, just tearing people up, you know what I'm saying, going out there and just getting on the microphone and talking about whipping them, I'm going to whip your ass, you know, he was, he was serious about it, you know, he was just, Stone Cold was no joke, you know, and like, he, he, you know, he, honestly, he didn't do as many wrestling moves at that time, but honestly, like, he was excellent with the entertainment factor, you know, he had that entertainment factor on lockdown, I'm telling you, like, nobody was doing it like Stone Cold in the Attitude Era. You know what I'm saying? Like, the only person who came close to Stone Cold during the Attitude Era was um, The Rock. The Rock, uh, once he evolved from Rocky Maivia and that whole Rocky sucks, you know, that whole period of time, like, The Rock just became uh, really good, really good, especially as a heel. Like, he was just, man, he was tearing it up as a heel. Like, he really, he, re he genuinely made the people hate his guts, you know. And that means that's how you know you're doing it right. But um, anyway, then you had uh, the whole Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels thing. Um, you know, and uh, let me see, what was that? Well, the Montreal Screwjob. I believe, didn't that happen around, uh, was it 97 or so? So, yeah, because the Attitude Era, like, went on from, like, what was it? From 97 to, like, 2002. You know, and a lot of things happened during that period of time. And, um... Yeah, and I just feel like it was overrated because, you know, you had your top guys who were doing some really amazing things, but then you had, like, the lower card wrestlers, and then you had, like, some really weird storyline lines during that time, and, like, I don't know, like, one of the highlights, one of the standout moments from the Attitude Era was the whole, uh, what was it, Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels in the Hell in a Cell, and when Kane first made his appearance, that was freaking huge, you know, he came out there and he ripped that door off and just you know, tore the house down, you know, and, uh, yeah, another, another standout moment, you had that whole, uh, Degeneration X, uh, Mike Tyson thing, and, you know, uh, Mike Tyson, that man is, uh, well, I better not say too much about him, because, you know, I don't want to get anybody offended, I don't want to get anybody all stared up about Mike Tyson, but the dude is pretty wild, to say the very least, um, then you had Mike Tyson involved with the whole DX thing, which was, Eh, it's kind of, kind of weird because 
you know, you're going to get the world, one of the world's most popular boxing superstars out there, you know, with the some of the most popular wrestling superstars out there. And, you know, um, yeah, Attitude Era was a pretty exciting time, to say the least. But at the same time, I just feel I believe it was overrated, you know, because at the time they were just mostly going for like shock value and stunts and crazy stuff. But, you know, that's understandable, but because they were going to war with WCW and they pretty much had to do whatever they had you know, whatever they could, you know, to keep the fans on their side, you know, and to keep, you know, the ratings bar going good, you know, and, um, yeah, it was, it was a wild time in wrestling, to say the very least, you know, it was pretty much, you know, it's when WWF was in the most trouble that they have ever been in, pretty much, you know, when they, this is the, pretty much the first, the only time that they've ever been so close to being out of business, you know, because WCW, they were, they were going for the kill, you know, like giving up results of matches and, you know, and all sorts of things, you know, like, they, you know, they were, they were going wild with it back in the 90s. So, um, yeah, then you had uh, the whole Nation of Domination thing, which was like some kind of Black Panther group or something of that nature. Um, you know, you had uh, Farouk, Ron Simmons, um, better known as Ron Simmons. And uh, from WCW, in fact, because um, that, yeah, that was back in the day, like, like when he wrestled in WCW, he accomplished a lot of things. He became the world heavyweight champion over there. And, uh, you know, he, he had stayed with WCW for a while and he made a really good impact over there. But at the same time, after WCW, excuse me there, had a little indigestion. But anyway, uh, WCW, after WCW, like, you never really heard from Ron Simmons after he left there because, you know, back in the day, like, we didn't have the internet, we didn't have all this stuff that would let you know, you know, where wrestlers were and what they were doing and what companies they were working with, and, you know, so pretty much you were left in the air, you know, you like, you, you would have a favorite wrestler, you know, and then they would be there one day and be gone the next, you wouldn't know if they were injured or not, you know, like, the only ones that they would really report on would be, like, the major wrestlers you know what i'm saying like the ones that people really depended on seeing like if it was sting or vader or cactus jack or somebody like that you know but uh yeah they didn't they didn't really discuss that kind of thing you know what i'm saying like if somebody left the company they wouldn't let you know it so honestly like a lot of people say like the internet ruined wrestling but i disagree with that because i feel like the internet actually helped wrestling because i think it's fair you know, if you're going to invest in these wrestlers, you know what I'm saying, you should at the very least know what's going on with them at all times because I don't like to be guessing, you know what I'm saying, where my favorite wrestlers are. You know what I'm saying? I'd like to know and I'd like to have a time frame of when they may return, which is what we can get today. And, you know, I got to say, I, I got I, I to gotta thank the Internet for that. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say that the Internet ruined wrestling because that would be just false, you know. But anyway, moving along with the Attitude Era, then you had the corporation which was, uh, you had Shane McMahon, Hold on, I can't even remember who was in the corporation, to be completely honest with you, because, you know, like I said, just so many things happened during that time, you know, and, uh, you know, corporation, they, they were pretty much, I guess, what was it, WCW had their NWO thing, and WWF had the uh, corporation, and, and, and they had DX as well, you know, because, you know, stables and factions were, I guess, a more popular thing at the time, you know, and um, they had quite a few of them, to say the very least. And then we had the corporate ministry, you know. Um, well, this was after the Ministry of Darkness that came along, which was another faction, you know, 
just a large group of wrestlers and the ministry of darkness pretty much I, I do remember who was in the ministry of darkness if i forget anybody please let me know because you know that's cool because sometimes i will forget things sometimes i will mess up you know i make mistakes i'm human i'm not perfect anyway I, now the ministry of darkness we had the undertaker who was the leader then we had the acolytes that was farouk and bradshaw and then we had what was it the brood which was gangrel edge and christian and then you had midian and viscera and who else was it i think that might be all of them but like i said if i forgot anybody please let me know all right and like i said then you had the corporate ministry which is a combination of the corporation and uh uh, corporation and the Ministry of Darkness and uh, at that time let me see I'm trying to remember who was in the corporation I do remember I think it was like Shane McMahon test the Mean Street Posse um, I can't remember if Stephanie was a part of it yeah I, I can't remember ex I can't remember everybody who was in the uh, corporation I do remember who was in the Generation X uh, you had let's see the original members was Shawn Michaels and Triple H then you had China then you had the New Age Outlaws. Then you had X-Pac. So they, they were a pretty large faction as well. You know, that was a lot of people. And, you know, during the time, I think one of the more standout wrestlers of the time was uh, China, you know. But honestly, I don't, I don't think a lot of people was ready for China, you know, when she first made her appearance. Because, you know, nobody's, you know, people are just not familiar with seeing females, you know, built like that, you know what I'm saying, like with a physique like that, you know, just chiseled out of stone, and just ripped, you know, and just ultra strong, and, you know, but she definitely made an impact regardless if the people were ready for her or not, you know, because she did her thing, she definitely made a strong impact, and, you know, RIP, rest in peace, but I know a lot of people will refuse to acknowledge China because of what she did after pro wrestling, um, and that's fine, you have your right, you're entitled to do that, but same time you cannot say that she didn't make a good impact in pro wrestling you know despite the controversy between her and triple h and stephanie mcmahon anyway and then we had uh who was it we had the under it pretty much the people who were holding it down in wwf at the time it you had uh stone cold you had the rock you had the undertaker you had mankind and you had um let me see who was after mankind um, Goldust, he was one of the more controversial stars back then. Um, let me see. Like I said, like if I forget anybody, remind me, because I know I will. You know, I'm not going to pretend that I'm perfect. I'm not going to pretend that I know it all. You know, but anyway, you know, you had you had certain wrestlers who were holding it down for WWF at the time. But then, like I said, like the lower card wrestlers, like your Ken Shamrock and your Dan Severn, it's like, come on. Like, these are UFC guys, you know what I'm saying? And they were not good in WWF. Like, I don't care what anybody says. And, like, the way Ken Shamrock was getting pushed, it was just ridiculous. I don't think he should have been pushed as hard. I don't think he should have won as many belts as he did, you know, because, you know, he was there for how, for how long? Like, I remember, like, he was not there for very long at all. But then you had, um, after he had left, you had Kurt Angle come in, you know. But at the same time... You know, then you had wrestlers like Val Venus. You know, he was like a pretty much a what, what, what level would he fit in? He would fit in like somewhere between like mid card and lower mid card. You know, he was never really known as like you know the world champion. You know, like the main event type wrestler. You know, but not to say that he wasn't a good wrestler. You know, what I'm saying he had a wild gimmick. You know what I'm saying? Like it was insane. 
Like a lot of stuff I feel that, you know, the younger audience really shouldn't have seen at the time. You know what I'm saying? Because WWF were just going off the charts with it. Like they were literally, you know, pretty much throwing anything at the wall and seeing what sticks. And, you know, <laughs> they were doing whatever they could to keep up with WCW and to stay ahead of WCW, you know, which had become a pretty tough challenge at a certain point. But, you know, because WCW was tough competition, you know, they were drawing huge crowds, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you look back at some older WCW stuff, you will see how big their crowds were. They had huge crowds. It's not like they couldn't draw an audience. They certainly could. They had huge audiences, you know, and they, they were doing it big as well. You know, but they just had bad management and bad leadership. And, you know, eventually that just led them, you know, into the hole, you know, to the point where they just had no choice but to sell the company. So, um, anyway, then we had, uh, what else What else happened during the Attitude Era? Oh, yeah, the, inf the unfortunate death of Owen Hart. And, um, yeah, that was just awful, you know. Like, honestly, I don't think they should have forced him to go up there, you know, because this is, this is how the story goes with Owen Hart. Like... All right, they wanted, like, WWE, like Vince, the boys in the back, you know, all the ones who called the shots in the back pretty much. I think Vince Russo had played a pretty strong role in this as well. And they pretty much wanted Owen to do, like, a, a role where he was, like, cheating on his wife or something like that, some kind of dirty soap opera story. And he just didn't agree with it. He didn't want to do that, you know. And pretty much, you know, Vince got really mad, you know, that Owen told him no. You know, and then they pretty much said, you know what, well, you're going to be the blue blazer. You're going to go up there and come flying down and all this other stuff. And, and they, know, they, they knew Owen hated that gimmick. They knew he hated it. But they made him do it. They just insisted that he do it. And Owen said, you know what, I guess I will, you know, pretty much. I mean, I'm not saying this is what he said verbatim. I'm just saying, like, how the story went, you know, for those who like to get technical. But anyway... Um, yeah, that's pretty much the story, and uh, they, they sent him up there to that ceiling in the rafters, man, and that's just the last time, you know, that he was seen alive, and it's just, you know, it's a really terrible thing, you know, and it's something that I honestly hold against. I'm, I'm going to admit it, I hold this against WWF slash WWE to this day because it was really, it was really an unnecessary death. It really should have never happened, you know. Because Owen had a lot to offer, you know, he was one, he was honestly one of the greatest wrestlers I've ever seen, you know what I'm saying, like, maybe this is just my opinion, but I think Owen was just miles ahead of Brett, you know what I'm saying, like, if you look at the differences between those two in a wrestling ring, like, Owen was more entertaining, Owen was also more entertaining on the microphone, you know what I'm saying, because, like, this is, this is one point where I agree with Ric Flair, you know what I'm saying, like, I rarely agree with Ric Flair, but... In regards to, like, Bret Hart, I don't feel that Bret Hart was a top draw. And honestly, when you look at the stats, Bret Hart was, like, one of the lowest-drawing WWF champions in history. He really was. Go ahead and look up the stats. You don't have to believe me. You know, but Ric Flair said it. You know what I'm saying? Like, pretty much Ric Flair laid it out like this. You know what I'm saying? Bret, you know, he, he was never good on the microphone. You know, then, uh, he, 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 you know what I'm saying? Then he went over to WCW, didn't draw a dime, and went home. Like, that's pretty much how Ric Flair laid it out. Not verbatim. But that's similar to what he said, you know, and you can pull that up if you don't believe me because it's out there. The video exists, you know, he pretty much said, you know, he didn't draw a dime as champion and he went to WCW and didn't draw a dime. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I don't know how true that is. But, but when, but when you really look at it, I can't really doubt that it's true because Bret Hart, what, what did he really accomplish in WCW, you know, and Here's another part, speaking of WCW and Bret Hart, 
Like then you got sloppy guys like Goldberg in there, you know, rookies who who just don't even really know how to wrestle really good, and he gets in there and kicks Bret Hart in the head and ends ends his career, you know, with a very serious concussion, you know. Ugh, excuse me, indigestion hitting me hard. Anyway, um, back to business here. Back to the WWF era, Attitude Era, and then we had the women's division, which was basically for the most part a joke during that time because you had all of these bra and panties matches all these pillow fight matches these uh evening gown matches chocolate pudding matches and you know just it's ridiculous you know it's silly and like i know a lot of people are gonna get mad about this too but i don't care because those matches were a joke back then i mean yeah then you had then you you did have the few female wrestlers who didn't have to do all that garbage like, um, I know Ivory participated in some of it, but honestly, like, as a wrestler, she was one of the better wrestlers, you know, she's one of the ones that's barely mentioned as much, you know, but the top two that you always hear the most is, like, Trish and Lita, Trish and Lita, Trish and Lita, I disagree, I don't think they're the best, honestly, because between those two, I've seen a lot of botches, you know, a lot of bad stuff going on between those two, I mean, I, they did try, but at the same time, they were also used as eye candy. Um, and a lot of the females back then, like pretty much all of them, like they they had to get those implants in their chest, you know, and it's like, that's that's not cool. Like they, they were just making pretty much all of them do that. It's either do this or you're not going to be successful, you know. And then you had Sable, who was a joke. I don't even know why they let her get in the ring. Like she was just never a wrestler anyway. They had her just for eye candy because they knew they could draw in a stronger male audience, you know what I'm saying, if they had like a hot blonde stripping her clothes off and, you know, doing all this other, you know what I'm saying, sexual stuff, you know, because like, you know, like I said, I mean, WWF was in a time of desperation, so they were pretty much, you know, going for shock value, you know, and they had all these little mishaps, you know, with the woman's match and, you know, like, like, let's say, for example, that evening gown match between, what was it, Jacqueline, Jacqueline and Sable, and like, her breasts came out, and you know what I'm saying. Then you had uh, what was that one woman, uh, Miss Kitty, or whatever they called her. You know, she exposed her breasts at the uh, pay-per-view, I believe. Yeah, they they were really, really trying to draw in that strong male audience by doing that. You know, basically using the females as strippers, and you know, the guys were just like pimps and porn stars and all that stuff. You had your Val Venus, then you had Godfather, and. It was wild. It was a wild and crazy time, you know. And they, they were just doing things that were just ridiculous and just off the charts crazy, you know. But, you know, like at the same time, I'm not knocking the Attitude Era entirely because a lot of big things occurred during that time frame, you know, between 1997 and 2002. Because then you also had, um, you know, certain moments such as, what was it, we had... Uh, the whole Mankind thing. Mankind was a pretty controversial wrestler. He was he was hardcore. He was really, really strong. Um, and then you had the early 2000s, you know, part of the Attitude Era, where you had um, the big show come in, Paul White, as they called him back then. And then, you know, he evolved into the big show, you know, because in WCW, he was known as The Giant, you know, which was just a really plain, lame kind of name, honestly. Um, and then you had Chris Jericho come in, then you had the Radicals come in, you know, which consisted of Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Perry Saturn, and Dean Malenko. And those were the guys that uh, Mike Graham 
you know would refer to as you know the band of midgets you know the guy the never drew a dime guy yeah <laughs> that guy and yeah, the, the, the guy who never drew a dime himself in fact um anyway and then we had all of these then we had that whole hardcore era you know where uh, i feel like wwf were just like taking a page out of ecw and just saying hey let's do let's do the hardcore thing since it's popular you know the hardcore wrestling is popular let's go for that and honestly that was kind of a joke division that whole 24 7 hardcore champion thing and you know that was just an ugly belt too it was just like a torn up version of the old wwf championship and you know with tape on it or something like that and you know i didn't i didn't really care for that stuff because you know it was just i don't know wwf didn't do hardcore right you know they didn't do it the right way you know i mean they tried i'll give them that but at the end of the day it was like leave the hardcore to ecw you know and also during that time, you know, during those uh, the early 2000s, you also had a lot of ECW wrestlers like jumping ship to WCW. Um, I, I remember um, who was it? Was Bam Bam Bigelow? I think he made the transition from ECW to WCW. But then you had uh, like guys like Shane Douglas and um, who else was it? It was it was quite a few of them. I believe it was yeah, Sandman went over there. They called him Hack. Um, it was a wild time in wrestling, man. Just a lot of things happened, you know. And then you had the whole thing where uh, WCW went under, which is very understandable because WCW was freaking awful towards those uh, last years. Like, they were just terrible. Like, without a doubt. Like, it got to a point where I just couldn't even tolerate watching it anymore because it was just so ridiculous. It's like once Vince Russo got inserted into it all, it's like things really fell downhill really fast. It just got awful. It got terrible. Like, you just couldn't even see complete matches anymore, you know? Like, you just had this whole new blood garbage going on, and, you know, people were just getting stomped on for nothing, you know? Like, they would book a match, have the people come out, and then just have, like, a whole rack of people come out and ruin the match. And it's like, what's the point? What's the point in even watching this if you can't even see a whole match? It was pointless. So I stopped watching. I don't know if anybody else liked it at that time, but I didn't. I did not like it at all. WWF was clearly the stronger product at that point in time, you know. And then you had the moment where Vince McMahon bought WCW and showed up on WCW. Shane McMahon showed up in the WCW ring in, uh, what was it, um, down there in Orlando, I believe, in Florida. Or Tampa. I forgot which one it is. I know somebody out there knows it. Yes, I made a mistake. I know I didn't say the approximate location, so don't grill me for it. But anyway, it was somewhere down in Florida. I know that much. And uh, Shane McMahon showed up. It was like a simulcast. And um, you had Vince on one screen, Shane on the other, something like that. You know, because like I said, I can't remember every single last detail of pro wrestling. So I'm going to need you guys to help me out sometime. You know, but uh, anyway... That's pretty much a brief rundown of what the Attitude Era was, you know, like, because I don't want to make this uh, episode too long, because you can really just go on and on and on about the Attitude Era, but at the same time, I feel that the Attitude Era was definitely overrated, it still is overrated to this day, because, you know, if you look online at some of the wrestling stuff in, in the content, and then you look at the comments in the comment section and you see a lot of people still praising the attitude era and just saying man they need to go back to the attitude era they need to bring the attitude era back i disagree i think that should just be you know it should have only been a one-time thing you know never try to recreate the past at least not to that extent you know 
like everybody's hating on WWE because oh they're PG, they're PG, they're PG. Okay, so what? They've been PG even before the Attitude Era. So what's that tell you? You know, because the Attitude Era, you know, you, I can't really say. Like I think it would be foolish to say that like only a five-year period in pro wrestling makes up the very best time in wrestling combined like i i can't say that that would be foolish of me to say you know from from 97 to 2002 was the very best period in wrestling no was it no i don't think so you know at least not in my opinion you know i know other people will beg to differ and that's fine you know what i'm saying because that's why we're here on earth everybody's not supposed to have the same opinion and the same thoughts and the same beliefs you know you have to be different but anyway you know that's just a part of life and anyway, I might one day, hell, one day, if, if it's requested enough, I might just decide to do a part two. I might do a part two to this episode. You know, this why the Attitude Era is overrated, you know, because there's I know I haven't touched base with, with everything that happened during that time. I mean, because you had a lot of a lot of things going on with the tag team division as well, such as the, the Hardy Boys, the Dudley Boys, Edge and Christian, you know, uh, APA, Too Cool, um, New Age Outlaws. You know, you had a lot of things going on at that time, so there's really a lot more to discuss. But like I said, I don't want to make this episode longer than it should be. And, you know, with that being said, I'm going to get ready to wrap up this episode and get things moving because there is a lot to do. Um, you know, because this is a new podcast, like I've said in previous episodes, so I still have a lot more to do. There's a lot more things I have to do for our social media and, you know, everything else. I have to do a bunch of organizing and, you know, so on and so forth, you know. But, Anyway, anybody who's listening, thank you very much for supporting my show. I greatly appreciate it. I'd like to thank everybody who contributed to the show. Um, you know who you are. You know, I'm, I'm not, I shouldn't have to shout you out, but you know who you are. Everybody who contributed, even if it was just a little bit, you know, to the materials or, you know what I'm saying, or, or what it took to put this stuff together or, you know, the space that it's being recorded in, the studio that I'm in. Thank you very much. I appreciate all the support all the help from everybody who contributed to the project and to my fans out there if you like my show please support it you know comment rate subscribe like follow you know on social media you know uh my youtube channel is going to be in develop you know i'm saying i'm gonna get things going on youtube pretty soon once i pump out enough episodes you know i'm gonna get itunes going you know i'm gonna be on there i'm gonna get everything going the rss feed everything it's all gonna be up and running sooner than later in fact um I'd like to say before this month is over, everything's going to be going. You know, the Instagram, the Twitter, the Facebook, the YouTube, everything's going to be going. You know, even the, even the PayPal donate button, I'm going to put that in there on the website. So you guys, you know, if you feel like you want to donate, donate whatever amount you, you know, whatever you'd like to, whatever you can to help out because I'm not a rich man by any means. You know, I put this together with everything I had pretty much every, I put everything I had into this because I have a passion for pro wrestling just like a lot of other people out there do so you know support your wrestling organizations and you know all your wrestling supporters out there you know let's let's make this a group effort a team effort let's work together all right so with that being said I think I pretty much touched base with um, a lot of subjects within the attitude era and why I feel that it was overrated uh, um, I don't want you guys to misinterpret this that I'm saying that the Attitude Era sucks or it was awful or it was terrible. I'm just saying that it was overrated. I'm not saying I hated it. I'm not saying it was awful. I'm not saying I despised it. So please don't get it twisted. All right. So with that said, I'm going to wrap this show up because we're going a bit longer than I intended to anyway. So 
I will see you folks later. I am signing off. I am your host, K-Axis, and you guys have a great weekend. Adios, amigos.